What is up, guys? Welcome to the Social Bamboo Podcast, teaching only the fastest and most sustainable social media growth strategies out there. I'm your host, Derek Fidel, and on today's episode, we are going to give you an Instagram audit. I have been giving out personalized Instagram audits to people that listen to the podcast or people just uh, that just connect with me on Instagram for a long time now. And uh, I go through and I just check the basics of their content, their hashtags, their bio, everything that happens on the Instagram app just to make sure they're doing everything by Instagram's rules. And this is kind of a return to the basics episode. So for some of you who have been listening to a long time, you've probably heard some of these tips sprinkled throughout episodes in the past. It's always good to get a refresher, always good to make sure you're doing all these things. And you know me, I'm sure I'll go off on some kind of tangent where I give away some kind of new information. So don't think this will be entirely repeat information for you. For those of you that have not been listening for a long time, though, I'm like, I really need to go back to this information because as I still connect with a lot of the listeners on Instagram now, you know, I can't really treat my audience on here like you have listened to every episode that I've been coming out with for years. And uh, even if you have been listening to me for years, the chances that you've listened to every episode is still small, although there is a good handful of you who have listened to every episode. So you guys are the best. Those of you who have listened to 161 episodes at this point, give yourselves a pat on the back for investing so much into your education. But uh, yeah, you should probably book a free consultation call with me by now. If 161 podcast episodes hasn't made you a millionaire, get on the phone with me so we can figure out what uh, what I actually need to teach you more specifically than um, you know podcast information. That's besides the point. So... What we're going to do today is I'm going to go through a bunch of things that are like the most common mistakes that people make with their account. A lot of these are going to be fixes that you can make even while you listen to this podcast episode. And um, yeah, so let's just go through one at a time here and make sure that you're doing all of the basics correctly, because if you do a lot of the small things correctly, that won't matter if you're not doing the big things correctly first. So essentially, what we're trying to do with this Instagram audit is to make sure that your content is going to have as much of an organic reach as possible nowadays, or just uh, you know at least resonate with your current audience so your content is received well. And then we're gonna make sure that your profile is set up in order to increase your profile conversion rates. And the reason why this is extremely important to do before you try anything else, like even paid advertising or paid shout outs, any kind of, um, you know, you trying to get your message out out to a bunch of people, the reason why you need to have your account set up correctly first is because if you get a thousand profile visits and turn a hundred of them into followers, that is going to be significantly easier for you to, um, you know, have Instagram be worth your time than if you get a thousand profile visits and only ten of them convert to followers. Then, then now all of a sudden you're having to leave comments on all of these big pages and uh, just do 10 times the work to get the same amount of results. So having your profile set up to convert the max amount of followers is essentially the goal with this audit. So first thing uh, that I want to mention, the most common mistake that I see made is people posting wide and square content too much. Square is not nearly as bad as wide, but uh, four by five vertical crop ratio content 
is going to do the best. And this is because this is the largest a picture can be posted on Instagram. So for those of you that don't know exactly what I'm talking about, if you just imagine scrolling through your feed there, when there is like a wide shot, it usually is not very tall on the screen. It takes up the full width, but it's not very tall. When it's a square, it's the same height as the width. And when it's a four by five vertical, it almost takes up the entire Instagram feed. And when you have this four by five vertical post, it makes it so when someone is looking at your post, the next post will not start creeping up yet. When it's a wide post, they're probably already starting to see the next person's post just because it takes up so little of the screen. And when they're already seeing what the next post is, if they can see it's from like a creator they really like or their best friend, they're going to be a lot more likely to scroll on quickly. And the time that is registered to them spending time looking at your post won't be nearly as high. Um, If you kind of think of it, you know, I of course don't know exactly how they do it, but I would think that when you're scrolling on Instagram, there's a point that when you're looking, if you imagine like looking at two posts in a row, that they both went with like a wide angle shot, and you can see them both on the screen, there's probably a point that at which you're scrolling, that it all of a sudden says, okay, they're looking at the next post now. It's probably not like, oh, they're half and half looking. It's just like, you know, they're looking at this post or this post. So there's probably a certain threshold that it crosses when you're scrolling down that all of a sudden it thinks you're looking at the next post. So when it's four by five and it takes up the whole screen, then now you have just that extra little scroll time to where Instagram is going to register that they're looking at your post. It's also going to be higher definition because you're gonna be able to use more pixels, just a lot more engaging in general. And, uh, you know, they can zoom in on it a lot more effectively without it being all blurry. So there's just a lot of reasons why 4x5 usually does better. A very common mistake with uh, people trying to do this where it doesn't work for them is if you have a vertical post and you go to post it and then you look at it and it's square, it's because when you post it, you didn't click the two arrows in the bottom left of the the photo before you posted it. So if you go on Instagram, you click on the plus sign to do a post. You click on the vertical image and it will appear on the screen as a square. At the bottom left of the image, you will see two arrows pointing away from each other. If you uh, click on that, it will make it now appear vertical. So you have to click on that first in order for the post to appear vertical uh, in, in case this hasn't worked for you. That is the first thing. While we're talking about content, other things that are, you know, Instagram basics that we know of for sure Uh, The higher quality definition, the photo or video, the better. It is very hard for a poor quality post to trend unless it is just absolutely hilarious or just so relatable. Um, It's always at a disadvantage either way, but the higher quality it is, the algorithm picks that up and people just like that. Uh, If you're on TikTok or even on Reels, you've probably seen this by now. There's a lot of the, the TikTok dancers that post their you know, TikToks on reels, but they do their dances with just like the highest quality video. And it makes you have to watch it, even though they're just doing the lamest dance. And it really is pretty damn lame, honestly, um, unless they're really good dancers. But if they're doing these extremely simple dances to like little bits of the song, it's like, unless they have that crazy high quality, the awesome lighting, the awesome clothing, um, and the background and stuff like that that they're in, uh, you know, probably wouldn't be nearly as cool of a post um, unless they are extremely good looking, right? But otherwise, there's a bunch of these people that 
just come into the game and because their dad is probably a videographer has an awesome camera they just get the highest quality photos and every comment is like this is iphone 30 huh uh if you can have like that high of quality you will be at such an advantage right there and that's just one way that you can uh get an advantage without needing to acquire a new skill set even though uh you would you know, no need to know how to work the camera and the lighting and stuff like that. But uh, it's a little bit easier of a way to level up. Very expensive in a lot of cases too. So um, don't think I'm necessarily saying to do that, but uh, it could be a good idea for some of you. Also with your content, you're going to want to make sure that you are doing the post types that Instagram wants to see at that time. Right now, Reels is still going to have the highest organic reach and uh, carousels are still liked. Uh, carousels about a year ago were what Instagram absolutely loved, I really felt like. And nowadays, my carousels don't seem to do as well. However, I will say that it is more so carousels that have way too many elements in them or just content that has too many elements in them is not uh, fitting with all of the reels that exist on their screen, all right? So they're in like fast scroll mode. They're listening to the songs on these reels. Uh, you know, they're appearing in the regular Instagram feed. And when they see, um, a, you know, a 10-side carousel, but it's not very clear and easy to follow, uh, their mind might be moving a little bit too fast to slow down and fully like read this super long carousel. Or even if there's not a lot of text, if you just have way too many elements, it can be a little bit too much for the mind to want to process and they scroll on. Uh, for instance, I've been trying to test, you know, doing professional carousels versus Twitter quotes recently. And unfortunately, but also fortunately, uh, the Twitter quotes keep doing better. Uh, so people really like just kind of getting the information quickly nowadays and um, in an easy to follow way. So if you're in the educational space, you may try mixing in some screenshots of some Twitter quotes that you do. Uh, and by the way, you don't even have to care about growing on Twitter. Uh, I don't. I think I have like eight followers on there, but go follow me on Twitter if you want to get my Instagram posts a little bit early. Uh, and I post some other random stuff on there sometimes, uh, crypto related mostly because that's basically what Twitter is. But um, yeah, if you can either do a uh, white background or you can turn on dark mode like I do uh, just so that you can keep your theme going on on your page if you know white photos would kind of ruin it or black photos would ruin it uh, you just do a screenshot and then I bring it over to Instagram stories and then I just use the pen tool essentially to uh, black out everything or white out everything around my quote and then like my Twitter username and the little profile picture um, so go to my profile at Derek Fidel if you don't know what I'm talking about or like the Twitter screenshots um, but they kept doing better than my carousels that had plenty of like graphic design work put into it um, but my carousels where I've really reduced the amount of elements that are in there seem to be doing really well too so just kind of pay attention to what Instagram is pushing onto your own feed right like what are you seeing not just about your own results from your own posts but like, what do you actually see in your feed and what are you liking? And it seems like the carousel posts, um, they're not bad, but they're not nearly as uh, favored as they were a, about a year ago. 
So reels, obviously great. And then, um, you know, selfies actually still do well. Like happy people is always going to do well. So if you have professional photographs of you, people really like that. Um, you know, I can do like, a, I need to go do like another pro photo shoot and, um, you know, just get some more photos in my repertoire here because whenever you do one of those, they if people like you at all, they'll like the photo before they even read like what the caption is about, like what your post is actually about. If it's just an extremely high quality photo with a beautiful background, people will probably like it before they even comprehend you know, what is going on in the post. If you look very happy in the picture, this will also make people like it very quickly too. So I'm not saying uh, you have to do selfies because plenty of you aren't personal brands or have your face tied to the company in any way. Um, but happy people is uh, is still something that always does well and just high quality photos of nature. Outdoor photos usually are going to do better than indoors. If you take a selfie of yourself outside versus just sitting at your desk, it's probably going to do a lot better. The cooler background that you can have in your subjects, the better. And um, I'd say the one photography tip that is something that you should keep in mind if you are taking uh, pictures of your own content or even your own products is to focus on having a foreground, the subject, and the background rather than trying to have such 2D dimensional photos. Like imagine taking family photos or something as an example. If you have the f- the family all like with their backs against a brick wall and all of them are on the same height and then you take the picture it's not going to do nearly as well as if they're spaced out from that brick wall spread out with varying heights and maybe even some kind of foreground is happening but depth and just like the 3d kind of effect to your pictures and images is usually going to give it some kind of boost so maybe you're someone who likes to put text on your images try throwing a shadow on your text or some kind of effect to lift the text off of the uh, the plane that your selfie is on, right? So having a background, having a foreground is probably the simplest thing that I would tell you to start uh, adding to your photography and, uh, and video, of course, too. So that's all I'm going to say about content because everything else is so specific to you. And honestly, I would give you such a better answer like talking to uh, individually about this. So I'll say this now. I was going to save it for the end of the episode. But if you want to DM me on Instagram, I rarely, I've done this like three times and I usually get bombarded. So that's why I didn't want to put it at the beginning of the episode. But if you DM me on Instagram and you say audit, I will go into your account and I will give you three unique tips subject to your account. And it will probably be about your content, maybe. If not, if all that looks good, then it will be about your marketing your, or your website. So I'll I'll give you some personalized information regardless of where you're at, um, but I promise it will be really good stuff. I've done this for a very long time now, um, and I can uh, really quickly see why your page is either not getting high reach, or if you've got reach down and your page is looking good and it's converting followers, why your business is not getting sales. I can usually pr- figure out um, you know, a few reasons why that could be uh, pretty quickly. So just DM me on Instagram at Derek Fidel and just say the word audit. 
and you can put like this episode number so I know where you came from. It's 161, and I, I will get back to you very shortly. For any of you that have ever requested an audit in the past, if I have not gotten back to you, let me know. As far as I know, they are all checked off my list. I keep a list for them, so once I get someone who requests it, I you know make sure that I'm not going to lose you, but uh, DM me if I somehow owed you an audit and that fell through the cracks on me. I would totally get back to you on that. So as far as personalized information about your content goes, this is kind of as far as I can go in a podcast episode and still keep the episode relatable to all of you. So personalized information will be done through a DM and yeah, this is free. So just DM me audit and uh, yeah, would love to help. So uh, let's go into your hashtags. So how many should you use? There's a lot of rumors floating around right now that, oh, all of a sudden they like 15. Whenever people come out with theories on that, it's rarely (laughs) true. (laughs) Uh, It's uh, rarely based off of enough uh, information for them to make the claim. So as far as what I've seen, you still want to use like 25 to 30 hashtags, uh, but mostly you want to use as many hashtags as you can that are relatable to the photo. I've certainly done a few posts recently where I've tried different amounts. Hashtags are just so hard to come by those impressions anyways that it's really hard for me to get conclusive uh, evidence on this. It still is so much based on the content. Uh, Let me say this, if you have perfect hashtags and okay content, you won't get nearly the amount of hashtag impressions as if you have great content and okay hashtags, all right? So still, if the content isn't great, it won't trend on the hashtags either way. So you need those likes and that engagement in order for it to start ranking on these hashtags in the first place. So uh, still, when hashtags aren't working for you, blame your content before you blame your hashtags. Uh, But if you're like, you know what? I mean, I think this is pretty good and it seemed to be met with a lot of likes and engagement from my followers. It just didn't really go outside of it then you can more say, all right, maybe there's some hashtag improvements that I can make. So I would use 25 to 30. If you're using 5 to 10 or whatever, and you're like, ah, it just takes too long, you need to do the text replacement trick, all right? So uh, this is how to do it on the iPhone, but hashtagging should not take you long. These should be pre-made groups. Uh, I'm sure you can do something like this on the Samsung, but a lot of people do this in their notes section of the phone where they just save groups of hashtags. And you don't want to use the exact group as you saved it. Uh, You will probably want to alter a few, especially because if you are truly making the hashtags related to the post that you are making, then, uh, you know, it'd be very hard for any post to have the exact same hashtags. Uh, I would think that there are some differences between the posts that would constitute why you would do a different hashtag. So um, just know that you're certainly going to want to alter them, Um, but you can start with a group and then just alter a few from there rather than starting from zero every time. So on the iPhone, here's how the text replacement works. You go to settings, you go to general, you go to keyboards, and then you go to uh, text replacement. And then you enter in, uh, there's the phrase and the shortcut. I can't remember which way is which, but I think it's Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? 
Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com. I think it's the shortcut. The one that's on bottom is the one where you put what you want to type in in order to auto-populate whatever you type in uh, on the top box. I think it's phrase. I don't have my phone in front of me. It's like phrase on top and then shortcut on bottom. I'm pretty sure. So for phrase, that would be like where you'd put all 30 hashtags. And then the shortcut is where you would just put some kind of word or series of characters that if you type that in Instagram or just wherever you're typing this on your phone, will ask you if you want to auto-complete with the 30 hashtags. So for me, the way that I do it is uh, I type in, like if I'm looking for my Instagram group of hashtags, I type in Instagram and then hashtag. So rather than, you know, hashtag Instagram, how it would be if I'm doing it, if I type in Instagram hashtag, then it'll say, oh, did you want to switch it out with these 30 Instagram marketing related hashtags? And then I'll click on it. Um, So I'll do it for all the groupings I have. If I'm doing a motivational post, I'll type in motivation hashtag, and then it will populate with my 30 motivational posts and then I my motivational tags, and then I'll go through and change however many I see fit. So uh, do this, you know, this will save you a ton of time, but if you have any kind of excuse of, I don't do 30 hashtags because it takes too much time, there's plenty of ways to get around this, even if it just be saving these groups of hashtags in your notes section um, and then changing a few from there. But it's, it's very important um, to give yourself the most amount of chances to uh, get this organic reach. So 25 to 30 hashtags still seems to be the consensus. You can put it in the caption or the comments. You just want to put it in the comments immediately after posting so that uh, you know you aren't affected in any way. Um, you want to make sure all the likes get attributed to the hashtag. So if you are going to put them in the comments, just make sure the hashtags are ready before you click the post button and you instantly put them into the comments. Then from there, by the way, I like the comments just so it's more aesthetically pleasing. The fact that Instagram has hashtags visible at all is beyond me. I have no idea why they'd want people to see what hashtags we're using. I wish hashtags were just something that we would put in the post, but like people wouldn't see what tags we did um, just because it looks messy in the caption and it looks messy in the comments too. I mean, you can't really get around it, um, but Yep, so you're gonna wanna do a bunch of hashtags. The other thing you're gonna wanna make sure is that you are pretty much using uh, hashtags from the 10,000 total posts to about the 2 million total post range for the most part. If you are doing ones with 5 million, 10 million plus uh, total posts on it, like hashtag fitness, hashtag entrepreneur, hashtag gym, you know, really, really big ones, It's not going to do anything for you. You have to be a huge account in order to have a chance to rank on those. So go with the smaller hashtags, but also make sure they're not too small. So if you're using ones that are under 10,000 total posts, I would also stop using those because those are just too small. Um, If they don't have at least 10,000 posts now with uh, the over 10 years that Instagram has been around, then there's no followers on those tags. The only exception would be if like it's a tag that was just made on like some TV show and it's like a new big thing or whatever and it's about to take off and you're like that early to it. Otherwise, stop doing these hashtags under 10,000 total posts. 
even if it's like your company's name, like especially if it's your company's name, really, because it's just not doing anything for you. So don't go too big with it. Don't go too small with it. Don't do use too few. And just make sure they're related to the post because if you do a picture of nature and then you do hashtag, you know, city skyline, and then someone is following the hashtag city skyline and they see that you posted a mountain and then they click, hey, don't show this for this hashtag. Like that's actually not related to this hashtag. It will turn off all of your hashtags. So just make sure you never use unrelated hashtags. Otherwise that will likely shut off your entire group. So that's all I'll say on hashtags. Let's go ahead and talk about your bio. So this is going to change depending on what business you are, which is also why I recommend, you know, be sure to shoot me text that just says audit. If your Instagram is stalled in follower growth, your posts aren't going anywhere. I likely need to figure out what specifically you're doing wrong in order to really fix your problem here. But let's talk about some general bio examples that I see that aren't very good. So if you're an influencer, a personal brand versus a business, this will change. If you are a personal brand, you know, it's much more acceptable for your bio to be uh, Germany, plain emoji, USA, to denote that you moved to the USA from Germany and then you put a uh, lover of life and wisdom, just some little quote or whatever, much more acceptable than if you are a business. So if you are going to be modeling people out there, make sure you're modeling people doing you know, the same stuff as you. Otherwise, it can really screw you over. So if you're personal brand, you know, you're essentially still going to want to let them know your credentials, why you're fun, uh, why they should follow you, maybe a little bit about you. Um, it's not going to be too much different. It's just as a lot more acceptable for your bio to be more basic at that point. Um, but it's also more acceptable for your bio to be more basic the more followers you have. So if someone has like 2 million followers and their bio just says, just live in life, like it's probably okay. If you have seven followers and your bio is just live in life, you're going to have to make sure you're selling them more than that because your sheer amount of followers is not going to do the talking for you. So again, you know, make sure that if you're like a brand new influencer, you're, you don't want to model veteran influencers because they, what they're doing now is not what they did when they were at your stage. Um, so if you're a business though, essentially here are the three major goals that you want your bio to accomplish. You want people to know why they should follow you, all right? Like what free value will you be providing for them uh, to learn from or be inspired from or be kept in the loop in whatever market you're in? You know, what is the value of your account? What uh, type of value will they expect to see for your post? Because in order for someone to want to follow you, they want that means that they want to see what you're going to post next, right? Like they of all the posts they see so far, they're like, oh, I, I want to see what they're going to post next. That's what equates to a follower. So you know you have to give them uh, enough of reason for why they'd want to follow you. For me, I could be like you know social media tips and entrepreneur inspiration. If I'm you know just going basic with it. Um, but you know, just something like that. So right once they get to the, your account, they know why they're there, even if they don't scroll through all of your posts, because you don't want to, um, you know, act like people give thorough consideration into whether they want to follow you or not. It's usually a very quick process, whether they do it or not. So if you say like, you know, unique Instagram, uh, tips that you're not going to hear anywhere else, that's probably a more compelling reason to follow you than just like, um, you know, daily Instagram tips. So 
you, you know, e even though both are probably good, you're just going to want to let them know why they would follow you. The second thing you're going to want is some kind of credibility for why they should get that information from you. So for me, I could be like, you know, the top social media marketing podcast for businesses, uh, just some kind of credibility, 10-year business owner, just anything like that that I feel like is not going to be me seeming like I'm just trying to toot my own horn, but I'm also just trying to show that, you know, I'm actually qualified to give you the information you're seeing on this account, you know, why you should trust me, why you should follow me, essentially. If you're a fitness coach, maybe you list out some certifications. If you're, if you've won your pro card, you can put that. If you have been in business for X amount of years, some kind of credibility of why they should be learning this from you versus other accounts because there's going to be a lot of other accounts out there that have essentially the same value proposition of why people should uh, follow them. So just give a little bit of credibility. And then the third thing that you want your bio to do is to drive website clicks. So be very specific of why they would want to click the link and saying, you know, shop below or check out our website and then just linking to the homepage is not compelling, all right? They're on Instagram. They're thoroughly entertained, all right? You got to remember this. This person is thoroughly entertained already. And if they wouldn't be, they'd instantly leave your account and then go back to their home feed and go right back to being thoroughly entertained three seconds later. So if you are saying like, check out our website, you know, or you just have your homepage linked, it's going to be very hard for them to choose to want to go to that. Uh, versus what else they could be doing. So it's better to be more specific. Read this blog article so you can learn how to do this. Watch this video so you can learn how to do this. Uh, or, or it could be the start of your sales process. You know, book a free consultation call, something of the sort. Uh, but drive website clicks is the third uh, goal of your bio. Uh, so those would be the three things. I'll say those one more time. It's to let people know why they would follow you. To give credibility to why you are uh, good to give that information. And then three, to drive some kind of website click, uh, depending on what your link is at that time, which you having an ever-changing link is probably how it should be done if you're doing it right. Because otherwise you're just, uh, I mean, unless the start of your sales process is the same at all times and you only sell like one offer all the time, it'd be very hard to imagine that if you're using Instagram in the best way possible, that your Instagram bio link isn't constantly changing. And along with it, the part of your bio that is telling people why they should click the link below would obviously alternate with that bio link. Uh, last thing, or I think I actually covered everything that I've got written down here. I guess it would just be uh, your profile picture. Uh, you're going to want to make sure that, you know, it's as, as good as it, as good looking as possible. And the reason why I say it so simply is because like, you know what a good profile picture looks like. That uh, really comes down to like, is your profile picture as good as it could, could be? Uh, because you probably already know the answer to that. So what can you do to improve it? Uh, a couple little things that might increase your likelihood for people to click on it is, uh, you know, the, the higher quality, the photo, the better, and brighter colors are going to be more attractive, things like that. So if you've got like a professional headshot, maybe you try some variations of different backgrounds behind it. The other thing that people say with uh, profile pictures is, if you are getting a lot of people from an external traffic source, that it's good that your bio or your profile picture matches up with where they'd be coming from. So for me, I do have my Instagram profile picture as the Social Bamboo Podcast 
album cover is because a lot of you do come from there and it makes it very easy to find me. And also, it's just kind of like the first thing I'd want people to to know me for still. And it does provide credibility in a sense that it's like a high quality photo and it's uh, got a lot of intentionality in the profile picture. And even though it like was created for a different reason, you know, I had to reorganize the text in a way that it would fit into a circle. Uh, but it also just kind of helps me promote my main source at all times. And when I comment on things, you know, it kind of shows that, you know, he hosts a podcast. So for whatever that's worth in terms of credibility to people, uh, that's what I like. But it also just has that recognizability factor of if you come from the podcast, you're going to easily be able to find me just because it's the same profile picture. I will say like, if you are trying to do commenting as a strategy where you comment on big pages and hope it gets you followers, your profile picture is one of the few reasons why they'd actually go click on your account. So that profile picture looking good is make it or break it for commenting to even work for you. And that's kind of what I was saying before. Like there's a lot of Instagram strategies that your account isn't set up in the way that they can even work for you, even if you did perfect execution. If you were putting like out the best comments out there, if the name to your account doesn't sound like intriguing or why someone would want to click it um, and or the profile picture doesn't seem legit or something that they want to zoom in on, you know, or get, get a closer look at, it just seems interesting. It's going to be very hard for people to actually want to click on your comments when they see them just in the comments of other influencers and such. So uh, that's what I will say for this episode, guys. That is how to give yourself a quick basic Instagram audit. If you want some further details for whatever reason, or you just, you're just curious what I'd have to say, I'm going to close this probably in a couple weeks because otherwise I just get overrun. So just, uh, Message me as soon as you get a chance. If you want this done, just message me right now. It's at Derek Fidel on Instagram and just uh, DM me and say audit 161 so I know which episode you came from and I will get back to you very shortly and I will give you a few tips personalized to your account. Uh, you can even ask me some specific questions if you want, but you really don't need to because I can already kind of just look at your website and your page and probably already be able to tell you what your issues are in business and I'd love to help uh, you uncover a, a few of those things. Uh, so I will talk to you on Thursday for a very special episode that I actually will be putting on YouTube as well. We're going to be talking about manifestation and uh, is it working for you or is it hurting you I'm gonna be giving you the uh, each side of the perspective and I think for a lot of you manifestation lovers out there you should really listen to this because there also is a negative side uh, to this potentially that could be affecting you so if you're broke and uh, you're, you've been trying to manifest well for a while and it doesn't seem to be working, be sure you tune in this Thursday because I'm going to really uncover some of the reasons why that might be. All right, guys, see you soon.